Welcome to the Legendarium, or as I like to say, welcome to the layer of Stephanie's Secret Society. This episode is pretty much my opinion. Today, Megan has been invited into my lair. She's so excited to be here. It's true. I am. (laughs) So you asked. I decided to take the time and record. Megan and I will be discussing all 14 books of The Wheel of Time. This episode will be really long. <laughs> Four hours later, we are still discussing. No, I hope not. That would be a lot of the Wheel of Time. Uh, I mean, and though I'm sure I it. could talk for four hours about it, I don't think you really want to hear me and Megan talk for four hours about the Wheel of Time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stephanie, how did this all come about? That's a good question. I have no idea. So, what happened is work gave me this insane incentive. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be working 10 to 12 hours every day, I needed something to listen to. So why not? I decided to pick up the Wheel of Time because it was a long series. And I'm like, I could do this. Figured it would get me through my six weeks of work and then some. So um, that was actually the third time I had started the series. And I had never made it through the first half of the book. What? I know. People think that I'm weird that... I tried. I've tried twice already to to read this book and I just could not get into it. Like this is kind of boring. And I didn't care for it all that much. Yeah, it's kind of a slow start. So this time, since I had nothing else to do, I just started listening to it. And I finished the book series before I finished my six week incentive for my job. So I averaged about a book every two days. (laughs) So you can imagine. I don't listen to it on normal speed. I listen to it on 1.5. So it's a little bit faster because when it says that it's going to take you 30 hours worth of listening time on the audio book, I'm like, oh, okay. No, it, it, it didn't take me quite 30 hours to listen to one book. So, but that's why I read it and it got so much better. I have to admit, like I, a part of me wishes I had actually plowed through those first that first book where I thought things were boring um but I'm glad I didn't I'm kind of glad that like maybe it was just something I needed right now in my life to get me through this work moment I guess which by the way my work incentive I earned a free sewing machine people so be Mm -hmm. proud of me because it was a lot of work I am proud of you that's amazing so Megan you've listened to this book semi recently yeah I um I decided that I wanted to read them all before Jordan con because we were supposed to go to that in April and Mm -hmm. I did actually finish the week before we would have gone which is pretty cool but it did take me probably 18 months to read them all and I finished them when was that three months ago so it's 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 been a hot minute I've read a whole bunch of Dresden Files books in the middle of there I felt bad because I would have gone to Jordan Con this year without having read a single Robert Jordan book. I think that's okay. I mean, don't, they have plenty of other things they could have talked about. People don't eat me alive for that. But next year, if we go to Jordan Con, I have now read all of The Wheel of Time and thoroughly enjoyed it. I just think the bonus there is that 
nobody will be able to spoil things because you have read it all. So it's not, yeah. you won't be hearing little bits and pieces of things and having things spoiled. Like I accidentally did when I was trying to keep track of all the names and <laughs> look them up on, uh, on the wiki. And unfortunately they tell you all the names, which first of all, I was listening on audio and I'm like, wow, these are how you spell them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, but also they, they kind of, they give you a little synopsis of the character and then they tell you what happened to them. So it was very sad for Egwene when I found out, you know, in the middle of book seven that Gowan dies. I was like, oh, that's yeah, too bad. They, they hadn't even gotten really together or <laughs> no. seen each other or anything like that. Yeah. That would have been sad to find out that he dies. Right? I'm like, oh, it's, it's hard to know going into it. That's what happens. Although yeah. it was a similar thing when I read the first Game of Thrones book, because the first season of the TV series had come out and I already knew about Ned Stark. So yeah, I don't know anything about. Oh, so Ned Stark I don't is really awesome, any, and you will love him. I don't have any real intentions of getting into. That's understandable. That. So, so yes. So you read fourteen books. Okay, what fourteen like? books in six weeks. I I really enjoyed it. I think that to start off with, this is. I'm going to put a disclaimer on this episode. It's going to be so <laughs> random because me and Megan have an hour to talk about 14 books. So to tell yeah. you that we're actually going to be really methodical in our discussion, it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. We're, we're not going from the first book to the second book. Yeah. We're not, there's no going to be no rhyme or reason to our conversation. And um, just expect some tangents along the way. <laughs> so anyway, I yeah, I feel bad I interrupted. Did we need to say anything about like Patreon or Discord or anything like um, that? Or should we talk about that at the end? Support the Legendarium on all of our platforms. <laughs> Craig will probably just be rolling his eyes like, why do we let these people be in charge of these things? He can throw that in at the beginning if he wants to. <laughs> Unless Ryan's editing. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Ryan, Ryan's sitting in the corner trying to ignore us. So. Good luck, Ryan. Okay, so overall impression of the books. I enjoyed them. I thought they got progressively better, which I would hope, like, it makes sense mm -hmm. in a series. Knowing a little bit more, like, background story, because obviously I'm not reading these as they're being released or anything like that. I can just sit down and, and read them all. And yeah. knowing that they were supposed to be originally a trilogy, I'm really glad they weren't. Because I think the bigger story is so much more interesting mm -hmm. than where it would have ended. I can kind of see how they were like how it was written to kind of become to be a trilogy. But the bigger story is is fantastic. I'm so glad that they decided to um, that Robert Jordan decided to elaborate and expand and listen to people when they said this this is bigger than you've originally planned right so i'm really i yeah i really enjoyed it oh i'm glad did you i mean listening to it that quickly did you experience a lull at any time where you were like you know it starts off really strong and then people complain about books like seven through nine how they're really boring did you notice that at all i didn't i was kind of surprised everyone talks about i think it's book 10 book 10 is where things slow down or something and i'm like like I said, I read, I was listening to a book every two days. So when you're plowing through it that fast, I don't think you can 
stop to really process it because my lull that people are like, oh, well, there's not enough of Rand's story in this. I'm like, well, I waited a day and a half. Oh, that's true. So that's not really that long in my mind. I can kind of understand how people could feel that way. Also, mm -hmm. Rand's story wasn't really my favorite. So in these yeah. long periods where Rand wasn't there, I'm like, yay, other people that are doing more interesting things. Like... <laughs> So I I liked the side stories a little bit more than Rand personally. It all depended on who he was around and who he was with. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I just thought of something else that I was going to write down in my notes. Okay. okay. Uh, all right. Then I'll let you do that. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, that's that's an interesting way of looking at it because I people would ask me about the lull too, but I sort of had this. I was reading books in between other books, and so, and also I'd be reading them while I was working, but I don't necessarily get to focus in my job the way that you would get to on yeah. a book on tape, and so I like I noticed a lull a little bit, but like I'd get to the end of the book and I'd be like, do I want to keep reading? Yeah, I guess I do. I do kind of want to know what happens because it's such a favorite. So many people love this series so much and I wanted to know what that was all about. I'm like, I finally decided I would take the time to read all these books. I might as well read all of them and well, see and how I, it goes. I did get to the point, there were some nights that I was done working and I I still wanted to listen to it. Oh. I still, like, I would be laying in bed and I'm one of those weird people that I'd be, like, reading, following along on my my phone on the mm -hmm. audiobook, listening to it in my head, like on my headphones and stuff. So I'm like listening as I'm reading along and everything. I'm just laying in bed and it's like midnight. <laughs> and because the story is still interesting, it's still a book I didn't want to necessarily put down. Mm -hmm. um, it was really hard some of those nights because I was like finishing up a book. So I'm like, I just want to know how this book ends. Sure. You have like and, an hour left it in. You don't want to just go to bed. Yeah. Because I mean, when you've already listened to it for 20 hours, listening to one more hour isn't that big of a deal. It's true. And so, I mean, it, so it's a good series. It's not just something that got me through a big work project. It was something that I enjoyed listening to. And I'm glad I listened to. Mm -hmm. And maybe somewhere down the road, I would listen to it again. Yeah, that's always the question. Like Craig keeps asking me, so are you ready to start rereading The Wheel of Time? Because apparently that's just a compulsion a lot of people feel. And no, I kind of yet. am getting there. Like I could see myself wanting to start it again at like the beginning of the year. Just I don't know. Maybe I'll try and listen to it again before Jordan Con next year. Oh, sure. But probably not in the same amount of time. I don't know. Like all of a sudden, I don't know if I could do Wheel of Time any other way, which is oh. kind of intimidating at times too, thinking, I don't like I just don't know how. How I get through it on a slower pace. Because I mean, the story oh is, gosh, it's, it's so funny. That is a lot of stuff to happen in even 14 books. There's a lot of stuff that happens. And we are obviously not going to touch on like even a third of it. Right. But I we don't have the time. Yeah. I've heard that there are two types of people. Well, I always think that's such a funny thing because it's like you could literally use that with anything. There are two types of people <laughs> those who like Diet Coke and those who like regular Coke, you know, like. 
there, but there, I've heard that there are two types of people, like one who reads a series for the characters um, and their progression and one that reads for the overall story. So you have like the people who like movies because it's like the overall story and you just kind of mm -hmm. get it really quickly. And then you have the people who prefer television series because you really get to know the characters and all of the storylines. And there's like this huge overarching thing. Okay. Um, and that was one of my favorite things with the Wheel of Time is that like so many of our main characters had like these huge arcing stories where like Matt starts off and he's just kind of a <laughs> punk kid and he ends up and he's still kind of a punk man, but <laughs> he's pretty, he does like a really, some really awesome things that you could see the potential of at the beginning, but like nobody would have ever expected. Mm -hmm. Still wanted to smack him like every scene. <laughs> But uh, like I'm because and I'm definitely a person who cares about the characters. I don't think that's a secret on this podcast that I care about the <laughs> characters um, and seeing how they grow and they progress. But that was that was kind of one of the fun things for me where I did want to see, you know, what was going to happen to Egwene. What, you know, I people complain about Min and how she does absolutely nothing in the series. And I'm like, is that true, though? And so it was kind of fun to see what happened with her, you know. So do you have any favorite characters? Oh, I don't know. I like them all equally. I do. <laughs> okay. See, I dislike most of them equally. <laughs> I as don't much like as I love equally. their stories, I really didn't like most of the characters. But we can get into that in a minute. They're not very likable people. No, they kind no, of have not. to not be likable though in order to achieve what they need to achieve. So, so like, yeah. Since you brought up Min, Min is one of my all-time favorite characters. Really. I adore Min, and I think those people that don't think she does anything in this book are idiotic and don't realize how important it is for Rand to have someone that he trusts. Mm -hmm. Like, Rand, for most of these books, is going through some really dark stuff. And the one who is there for him for probably, like, what, six of the books, and it's yeah. just her, is yeah. Min. And I mean, even to the point where he almost kills her and does, and she never wavers in her love for Rand and her how much she supports him. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love Min. And I think she's funny. And she's real. She like, I'm, I yeah. don't want someone that's going to hero worship our hero constantly. Because for one thing, that's not what our hero needs. Like, Rand right. doesn't need that. He has enough of those stupid people in his life. <laughs> but Min is the one like constantly calling him sheep herder and like yeah I love Min she is one of my favorites and I think she's probably one of the most real characters for me I would agree with that I I think it's interesting kind of what happens with her um and again like the, it's the last couple of books that are the most solid in my mind if anything mm -hmm. is solid everything is a nebulous <laughs> gas right now um within the covers of a book but uh I just think it's so interesting that Fortuana um, recognizes Min's capabilities and calls her like, she called her like the doomsayer or something. And she has yeah. her. All of a sudden know, she becomes her truth speaker. Yes. Um, and like noticing, because Min does kind of stay in the background a little bit so that she can support Rand. And all of a sudden she's put into the forefront and she's just like, ugh, I don't want to sit here all day and tell her what I see. <laughs> This person has this. This is going to happen to this person. That one's trying to kill you. Like, Well, and I no. love she finally stands up for herself towards mm -hmm. the end where she basically says, 
look, I will tell you what I see and I will tell you the meaning and you're going to listen to me because this is my gift and not just something you can take advantage of. Yeah. Because all of a sudden men's telling her what she sees and I like that you call her Fortuana because I call her Tuon. Yeah. Because that's what we inter- we're introduced to her as. Uh-huh. And I have such a hard time with them changing names of characters. Oh my One of my biggest pet peeves of this book is why they had to change so many names of these characters. Because when you're listening to them, it gets so hard to keep track of who in the world they're talking about. Yeah. The bad guys but, all get reincarnated into somebody else's body. And you're just like, but why? Yeah. Why can't you just call it the same thing? <laughs> So I did not care for that and it messed with my head. But I think that that was a strong point for men to stand up to someone like Tuan. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's empress and all powerful and ridiculous. Like Tuan was just ridiculous. (laughs) She's so like, she's flighty, but in a, I'm going to kill you if you mess with me (laughs) off with your head kind of way. Which is exactly what Matt needs really. But, um, so I love Min. Min was one of my favorite characters. I'm a fan. I support that. Should I just go on with my list of my favorite characters? You can. Okay. Um, one of my other, I loved Brigitte. Yes. Brigitte Silverbow was, I adored her. I loved her realness. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put kind of a caveat on this. I, most of the female characters in this book really suck. Yep. Like they're dumb. The female they're- the female perspective of this book is extremely flawed, but he does have some fantastic female characters that I think show some realness. And Brigitte's another one that mm-hmm. she knows she knows her worth and she's okay with it. Like she's good with it and she accepts who she is and she doesn't allow other people to bully her. Mm-hmm. Like Elaine and their, when when she bonded Brigitte after Brigitte got injured and kind of got kicked out of Teleron Riyadh. Yes. <laughs> you did um, it. I said it. Um, <laughs> when that happened and she bonded Brigitte, I'm like, this is fun. And I loved the relationship the two of them had. Almost motherish. I liked how it was more big sister, little sister. Mm-hmm. I have a big sister and we definitely get on each other's nerves because I never wanted to listen to her. Um, but I love that relationship and I loved Brigitte and her, um, after she's killed by, um, that one dude, the captain of the guard dude, I can look it up anyway. I, whatever his name is, um, you all know who I'm talking about. The captain of the guard kills Brigitte towards the end when they're in their, their big battle and he's about to kill Elaine and then the horn gets sounded and yes. Brigitte comes back and she's standing over her own body and like bow and arrows fly. <laughs> like I loved that moment for Brigitte. And I loved that as we slowly watch her almost as she's forgetting her memories and she's forgetting all of her past lives and her story and how depressed she can, you can tell who she, how she is becoming depressed. Mm-hmm. You're kind of rooting that, like, okay, she she needs to go back. She has her own life. Like, let's, yeah. she needs to be woven back into the pattern somewhere else. So if she dies, I'm cool with that. So when she died, I'm like, okay, when she's coming back, now she has to come back. And that was such a fantastic moment. I loved that she was there to save Elaine and do, that was fun. It was, 
Yeah. Well, that was the moment I had to back it up a little bit. Cause I was like, wait, what just happened? What? Uh, and you know, and then they kind of explained it with a like, well, she died, but they blew the horn. I went, Oh, okay. I like to have those things spelled out for me. But yeah. It was, just, it was a really, it was just a smart moment. It's just really fun. It was, I was, I was glad. I well mean. planned, well <laughs> earned and well planned. Everything's planned out. I mean, oh, we all, right? they all had notes and everything, but. Oh gosh. Okay. Do you, I have like six characters, but do you have anyone on your list that you were like, I loved this person. I was a really big fan of Swan Sanche. <gasps> She's um, on my list. Is she? Yeah. Okay. I just, with Swan, I thought, I mean, again, I really, I love the character arcs, but with her going from being the leader to being stilled to being um, kind of healed, but like having to get comfortable with herself again and kind of mm -hmm. learn her new level of power. I just thought that that was such a fascinating story. I love the way that she mentored Egwene, who really needed it mm -hmm. um, and wasn't selfish about it. Like, and again, she kind of said it like it was, and she wasn't always a nice person, but <laughs> she she also just wasn't afraid to say, okay, well, this is what you need to do. This is what we're doing. So please listen to me because I know, because I've yeah. been the leader. Um, I really like her. She's one of my favorites. She, is, she has a fantastic story arc. When, mm -hmm. when um, Nynaeve heals Loghain. Yes. And she gets all of a sudden she's so excited that she can heal and that she has the ability to heal Swan and um La Lelaine is who I want to say. I don't remember. And I don't think that's right. Anyway, her her keeper. I'm sorry, like I said, there are over two thousand characters in this book. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize if we do not remember every single one of their names. But yeah, that moment of <laughs> gratitude when she gets healed to have that back. Yeah. And I love how powerful she still is even without it before it happened. Like she's yeah. still very, I'm going to take charge because I think out of everyone, she probably knows the best of how to survive being stilled because she's seen it like yeah. she knows that you need to find something else to focus your life on and if you don't that's when you start dwindling because you don't have the power and everything now so mm -hmm. I loved her story arc I was really sad but still it was an awesome scene when she comes in to rescue um, Tuan and Min mm -hmm. and Min's like where's Bryn? You're supposed to stay with him. And she's yeah. like, oh, that already happened. And she's like, no, it's still there. And then Swan ends up dying. Yeah. Because, but she was fine with it. Like, she's like, oh, well, that's nice. Okay. Well, I still have a job to do. So if this is where my end is, that's just yeah. what's going to be because I'm, I'm going to do what I have to do. And I loved that attitude she took, especially towards the end of her, her life. Yeah, she accomplished what she needed to accomplish, not just in the story, but for herself. Mm -hmm. Like she was, she was satisfied, which I think is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mostly want to talk about people that bug me. <laughs> okay, then so I have two you, more. You keep saying the people that you like. I have two more. 
And I don't really have a whole lot to say about him just because I think he's awesome, but loyal. Oh, yeah. He's like perfectly named. It's not spelled like loyal. I know. Like you're a loyal person. Like but I loved that his name was loyal because mm -hmm. that's exactly how he was. That's who he was. Yeah. And he's just a fan. He, he was just fun and not really the comedic relief. But I think with everything that happened, having someone with that simple nature mm -hmm. was a nice breath every once in a while. I agree. I was going to say the same thing, whereas like a little bit with the comedy where, you know, for books and books and books, he's running away from his mother. <laughs> and he's so concerned about this because he just wants to finish his book. This 90 year old. I know. I'm too young. I'm mother. too young to get married. And then he finds out who his wife is going to be. He's like, oh, I kind of like her. Marriage that could work out. Oh, my wife's the best. It turns out this is great. Like, yeah, I just... <laughs> I mean, even from the very beginning when you meet him and he's just sitting there reading and you think he's going to, it's like the Hagrid of the group where you yeah. think he's going to be this big, scary guy. And Rand is literally legit afraid of him meeting him. And then he turns out just to be, I don't know, a big old sweetheart, but also he can hold his own. And mm -hmm. again, he's another one who definitely knows what his purpose is and he really wants to get it done. And fortunately, things work out for him so that he's able to do it. And even his wife yeah. is supportive. Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go do that. That's Best cool. female character of the book. <laughs> Loyal's wife. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> okay. And then my last one on my list. And then we can go talk to people about the people we didn't like. Because that list is a lot longer. It's a lot longer. Um, I adored Andrel. For those of you who don't know him. Because he was kind of a... He didn't come in till later in the books, but he's the Oshaman who makes the gateways, who they were like, oh, you don't have any power. So we're not going to promote you because you can't actually do anything. And then all of a sudden, he's like making these teeny tiny gateways to slice the ropes off of his hands and doing like ridiculous things. And like there's this scene that made me laugh when I think he was with Nynaeve. I want to say it was with Nynaeve. And he's like making gateways to get tea from random. Like he's like, oh, well, this was in my bunk and I have this honey. And he's making these gateways to these random places and pulling tea leaves off of actual trees and like and just makes naive tea just mm -hmm. sitting there making gateways. And I thought that was just funny for a character who gets pushed aside to become so much more powerful than anyone really could have imagined because yeah. um whatever the black tower man man so many names that i should have written down the the bad guy that was in the black tower that was the false dragon taim i don't know please don't be mad at us for not remembering <laughs> these <laughs> where um we loved your favorite book. Just hold on to that. We loved it. We were fans. We loved these. We loved this series. So please don't judge us poorly for not being able to remember names. Um, well, but I think it's Tyene, Um That is the, the, you can't even call him an Ashram. I guess you can call him an Ashram, but the false dragon who becomes one of the forsaken that basically was telling Andral oh. that he's like nothing. But then he ends up bonding with an Aes Sedai and they have this cool like 
telepathic communication that they have. Like, I love just the relationship that he had because he's such a side character that doesn't really. I mean, he pushes the story forward. I think most characters do, obviously, mm-hmm. but he just had this fun side storyline and it wasn't this huge arc. He didn't have a huge thing, but his little job was so important. Yeah. And it was just fun. He's just such a fun character that like the little guy wins kind of thing. I know. I kind of feel similarly about Oliver where like <gasps> all he does is like follow Lan around and he just wants to be helpful. And then he, it turns out he's the guy that blows the horn at the end and saves everyone. I was kind of surprised by that moment when that happened because I completely forgot over the space of everything. Like Matt makes this big deal about dying and coming back because yeah. he goes into the the doorways or whatever and gets mm-hmm. his three truths and and he ends up dying. But he's never really sure if that's the moment that he dies and comes back or if it's a different moment. He just kind of assumes, oh, I died. And so that maybe that's what they were talking about. But that all happens after he blows the horn. Right. And I don't think my mind, as I was reading along, ever put those two things together. So Oliver has the horn. I'm like, okay, how are they going to get to Matt? How are they mm-hmm. going to get to mm-hmm. Matt? And all this stuff is happening. And then all of a sudden, Oliver's trapped in this crevice. I'm like, how are they going to get this to Matt? And then he blows the horn. And everything's, I was like, oh, yeah. The, the plot line, like, the storyline started falling better into place for me. Like, oh, yeah, Matt has died. So the horn, like someone could have blown the horn forever ago. And yeah, but everyone kept thinking, oh, you need to get this to Matt. And I think that was kind of purposely put that way. Mm -hmm. So you didn't realize that Oliver was going to be the new bearer of the horn or whatever. But yeah, that was the moment I remembered that made me cry. Oh, was after um, Oliver blows the horn. And he's sitting there just absolutely terrified. And then all of a sudden, the Trollocs that are after him start dying. And you find out that... I Man, here I go again with names. <laughs> what is his name? His name's Farstrider, but I don't remember what his name is in the book. Nolan. Nolan? Nolan. Something like that. Um, who died... In the Tower of Ginjai with Matt. Yes. We find out that he's Farstrider, this author that people have been reading this his book throughout this entire series, really. Jane Farstrider. And then he comes back and he's the, the hero of the horn that mm-hmm. comes and saves Nolan. And that's not Nolan, Oliver. And that's when, like, my eyes started tearing up. I'm like, this is such an awesome moment. Like, I loved that they brought him back and that of everyone that could become a hero. Because I think there are so many characters in this book that would have been worthy to become the hero of, like, to become one of the heroes of the horn. Mm -hmm. The fact that it was, I'm going to just keep calling him Nolan because that's the name that keeps popping in my head. But the fact that he became one of the heroes and he was there to save Oliver, like, I loved that. That was such a touching moment for me. And that's, I think, the only time I really remember my eyes starting to well up. Mm -hmm. Not full on crying, but, like, I found that emotional. And I loved that moment. Well, and that was one of the fun things about this series. Uh, I actually had had somebody, I don't know, it's probably 10 years ago. Uh, somebody mentioned the Wheel of Time. They said, well, you could just read like the first four books. There's a really good arc where it kind of ends after the fourth book. So you could stop reading then. And I got to the end of the fourth book and I thought about it. And I was like, 
kind of want to see what happens. Oh, so just, that would have been a terrible fine. place. To I know, right? Uh, and so, and I kept listening, and I just felt like reading that final book and the final battle and what happens to everyone, like even, I mean, people were dying right and left. Mm-hmm. And I, but I wasn't like mad about it because it felt like their journey. Like that was what they had been working towards this whole time because they died in a really cool way, having like killed one of the, oh my gosh, I cannot think of what they're called. One of the, the forsaken. forsaken. Thank you. They died <laughs> having killed one of the forsaken or they died protecting someone. Um, the spoiler that I read ahead of time when I was looking up names was that Gowan died in the last battle. And I was so sad because when it was looking like Egwene was going to get together with him and then they got married. And I was, I was just like, oh, but he's going to die. That's a, And then she died too. I, I don't know. I somehow thought that was really great because they politically did not have to live without each other. Um, and they both ended up dying in a really cool way. Gowan sadly didn't take out his Forsaken, but um, Egwene totally did. And that was really fun. Yeah. But I just felt like it was really, really satisfying how, you know, things ended up towards the end. Because, you know, again, like Egwene kind of starts out as this sort of whiny, wispy girl and ends up being pretty oh, bad. powerful, whiny, wispy girl. Right? <laughs> we can move on to people we didn't like. because Sure. Um, she's high on my list. I know. But I I mean, I really feel like we need to talk about um, our main three, the three guys. <laughs> I'm like, really? oh, I know. Yeah. They're not about- that important. I mean, they're in the books. The women in this book are really the driving force. They're so good. And they're all completely flawed and ridiculous. And I really didn't like most of them. But. <laughs> you know. ah. Yeah. No, it's true. Okay. So Ran, um, Perrin, and Matt. Ran, Perrin, and Matt. So I think it was funny because starting out, I think Perrin was my favorite, partly because I have a friend who named their child after Perrin because he, oh. they love this character so much. And I'm reading Perrin and he's like, you know, He's honest and he's hardworking and he's kind of a quiet guy. He sort of hangs back and really strong. And so he doesn't want to, you know, take advantage of how strong he is and um, just kind of a sweetheart. And then he finds out that he can talk to wolves. And I honestly don't remember if his eyes were always gold. I don't think they were, but no, like they, 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 they turned gold. They turned gold when he started talking to wolves after yeah. he met with. Um... His name starts with an A. I don't remember what it is, but it starts with an A. I knew that was going to be important later. Elias? Yes. Oh, it starts with an E. Sorry. That's what happens when you listen to it. It all starts. It's the same. Um, But I, like, as we went along, I felt like Perrin got whinier. And I I mentioned Fahil earlier where I was saying that I wasn't really a fan and she was probably fine on her own, but I didn't really like Perrin when he was around Fahil or when he was talking about her. Because, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Perrin, That's all we ever heard about him. Perrin is one of those quite a while there characters. I would, I loved his Two Rivers storyline mm-hmm. where he kind of becomes oh, Lord yeah. Perrin. Where he, like, all by himself is battling these Trollocs. Well, not all by himself, because the people are there. But how right. he rallies everyone Having just found him. out that his entire family was killed. Yeah. Like, he and still is able to keep going. I loved that he kind of became 
that leadership figure for them and that he created his own band and his own army. And, Mm -hmm. and of course, through all of this, him and Fahil are obviously like each other, but they're not married yet because they get married after this big battle. Right. But like, I loved Perrin's storylines obviously to a certain extent, like it's kind of weird to say I loved him, but like when Fahil gets taken by um, the Aiel group that Savannah runs um, and his dedication, Perrin's dedication to Fahil and his like focused driven determination to find her no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. he knows that there is more going on in this world, but without her, it doesn't matter to him. And I love his dedication to her. Because I think deep down, like, every woman is like, I would love a man that's going to go to <laughs> war for me kind of thing. Yeah. Not that I think I really want Ryan to go to war for me, but the, nice. the idea is nice that that hero, the thing that I didn't care for most was in their relationship between Perrin and Fahil, how it was always Perrin had to change to make Fahil happy. Yeah. Like, Fahil was so stuck in her ways, and she finally does have a moment when she says, like, you've done this for me, so now I will do this for you, Mm -hmm. and we can take on some of your traditions as well. But I think that was one of like the biggest problems I had between the two of them because she was constantly so jealous of how Perrin would react to um, the hot one. Yeah, the hot one. What is her name? <laughs> I don't know. Catchphrase. If you want to play a drinking game during this episode, <laughs> drink anytime we question a character's name. What okay? is her name? All right. Um, but yeah, and her and watching her, um, with Perrin, I'm like, who acts like that? Yeah. What woman in her right mind? I'm not a jealous person. I never have been. And so jealousy is one of those traits that kind of just blows over, like goes over my head. I don't understand it. And I do up to a point, but like for me, it's if you trust your partner, then you don't yeah. have to worry about that. Like you can be jealous, but also just be like, I know he loves me. It's fine. Perrin I mean, never does any theater, so I imagine that would be really, really hard <laughs> if, you know, our partner was like, you're kissing this guy and you're like, it's literally in the script. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't think. So I had a hard time. I think they finally kind of re. They connect finally. Yeah. And I think they become stronger as a couple towards the end, um, which I did like. So yeah. she kind of had that minor saving grace there. But I loved Perrin. Perrin's still probably one of my higher up there characters. I loved his storyline. <laughs> I loved that Yeah, he I, was yeah. part of the story, but not really part of the story. He was obviously needed in his wolf dream yeah. Moments like I loved all of his stuff with um, Slayer and him learning with Hopper to become yes. a wolf. Like I, I loved reading about Perrin and there was a couple of books that he didn't show up at all. I'm like, where's Perrin? I, I like know, Perrin. right? It was very noticeable. So, I, out of yeah. the three, I think Perrin's still my favorite. But. He's probably my favorite out of the three. I just felt like 
I, I think it was kind of like you where he disappeared for a while. And then I, I just kind of felt like, I don't know, knowing how I like, it's a good point you made about how his relationship with Fayo really was just trying so hard to be constant. And it is nice to have somebody who loves you that much. So maybe next time I read it, I will read it in that way. <laughs> but I kind of just got to the no, point where I just kind of felt like it was a little uninteresting, especially because Fayo was working on a way to escape. And then he just kind of comes in and she didn't get to do it her way. But also, I don't know if her way would have really succeeded, though. She was kind of trapped in a building. I'm pretty sure she would have died. I don't know. But good on her for trying. I know. It's true. You should always try to escape if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Don't count on the man coming to save you, but don't be upset if he manages it while you're trying to escape. Yeah. I will say I never really became a fan of Matt. I wanted to. Like, he did a lot of cool things. But his attitude toward women made me want to smack him all the freaking time. <laughs> like, I just, I, uh, I'm glad he and Fortuana deserve each other because she is also loved, kind of the worst. I loved the mindset he had once he became married. Mm-hmm. I guess in their own little way that they became married yeah. by just saying, hey, we're married three times. But all of a sudden he's like looking at women and he's like, oh, but it wouldn't be for me. It would be for this soldier in my, my group or, Oh, I'm not thinking about her for me. I'm thinking, and that's all of a sudden his mindset. Yeah. Of, I'm still going to look at these women, but they're not for me. I know. Of course they're not for me. Cause I'm now a married man and I have this woman who is nothing like I wanted, but all of a sudden, Oh, well, I don't want her because she doesn't have dark hair. or I don't want her because I like thin girls now instead of the busty ones he used to go for. Right. Like, it just made me laugh, like, that at least he understood his position in life. Yes. Like, like it, I, now that he's married, he's going to be loyal to this woman. He was still kind of a sleaze, but yeah. at least he understood you can look, but you don't touch concept. And to all of you who are now yelling at me for, like, not liking Matt because he's a sort of a womanizer in a his woman, yeah. I I understand. He's amazing. Like, he does really cool things. The fact that he's an excellent tactician... Um, but it's not like, he's not, eh. he became one because he has all these random memories. Cause he happened to go into the doorways and ask for his yeah. memories to be filled. And the Fox snakes, people are like, <laughs> we're going to show you and fills his memory, like fills his blank yeah. memories with all of these other random memories that aren't his. I laughed so, like every time he would like, translate some dead language i would just laugh really not even know it yeah oh wait is that weird okay but i was glad though because so many people like matt and i appreciate that um but i was you know you're reading the first couple of books and he's like poisoned by the dagger and i just thought this character is dumb (laughs) so i was mad to begin with was really hard yeah i was glad that he ended up being like really cool and being a big support and totally i just think it's funny that you know he hears a prophecy that he's going to marry the oh now i can't think of what the word is i want to say daughter of the nine moons yes i don't remember something people and then i know good job (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but he like he gets this in his head and then like that happens because he keeps saying oh the daughter of the nine moons yeah she's my wife like just literally like that's how it comes about like all right, I feel like these people sort of stumbled into 
finding their partner rather than like choosing their partner. Yeah. Is the world they live in. But I just thought he's severe in. He's one that I think is fun. Like I he's like another one. Like I didn't love, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I I love Matt. Okay. Which is weird. Like it's I have a weird relationship with Matt. Um because he's that type of best friend that I think everyone wants. He is fiercely loyal. True. Like this the lengths he goes to, and when you know like he doesn't want to, but he knows where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like at the when they're in um that first battle when he actually becomes leader or whatever, and he's up on the hill and he's looking down at the battle because he's leaving. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm getting out of here. I think it's um right after Tyr, after Rand has Kalidor. I think. Don't okay. quote me on that. I don't know. But Ryan's kind of looking at me like, yes, I think that's what you're talking about. <laughs> but the, like he decides to turn around and save people's lives. And he's the one that ends up beheading said bad dude that's the yeah, IEL. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those things. Like, And then one of my favorite moments of the books is when him and Tom and mm-hmm. Nolan. And I'm just going to call him Nolan because I think that's his name. <laughs> Chain Farstride. Ryan's again like, I'm looking at Ryan. He's like, yes. <laughs> I could just be in this conversation. He'd help us so much. Um, so when they go into the Tower of Ginjai and save Moraine. That is pretty amazing. That's a I great, love, And again, that's a scene that is totally earned based on everything that comes up to it. Like, yeah. It's, it's, so good. it's the fact that Matt knows like this is what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And he's like read this letter from Moraine that says Matt needs to be there. If Matt's not there. I'm like, no one's going to survive kind of thing. And then he uses his luck and he's rolling dice to, like to yeah. get through doorways and everything. I love that whole scene. And then he's like at the end and he's like, oh, well, now that I know how these snakes and foxes guys work, trying to word his deals so intricately mm-hmm. that he can't possibly get screwed over and he still gets screwed over. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. I forgot. But about they that. still, and then he has his um, staff spear thing that he's been carrying around mm-hmm. that finally lets them out of the tower. Cause he asked for a way out. And like, I just loved how his prophecies of when he first went into the doorways, the, I think it's the red doorways in whatever basement that was to get his three answers, how things played out mm-hmm. and you actually see the prophecies come to pass. So there's just so much about Matt that I love, but I didn't really like listening to Matt. Yes. I loved his storyline. I loved That's his arc. Thing. I loved everything that he did, but anytime I was in his point of view, I'm like, Matt. Yes. That. Yes, I agree with that completely. It's just so there's my I love I Matt, but I don't like POV, Matt. but I liked his storyline. So All right. I support that. We are so um, running out of time and I know. What else oh. do we need to talk about? Rand. We have to talk about Rand. Rand is a character in this book. And then we <laughs> have to close. talk about the other women in this book that Okay. But let's talk about Rand. Okay. Any uh, I, I don't know. Eh, Rand. Rand is a character in this book. Poor Rand. It's it's hard 
like in so many of these books, like the main character just goes to such a crap time. Like he literally, he's going crazy. He's got this other person in his head, um, which I, there are parts of me where I'm just like, is that what they mean by him going crazy just because he has another voice in his head or is he actually going crazy? But it made me so happy that he was eventually able to pull out of that and become himself again and be like the cheerful person he wanted to be and have a sense of humor because I just, I always feel so sorry for the main characters in these books because they never get to have any fun. They never get to have a sense of humor. And here Rand finally got to have like this little bit I, of time where he could, he was okay. Yeah. I was having such a hard time with him as he just kept getting moody and angry. Mm-hmm. And there's that moment with him and his dad. I know where he almost kills his dad. And I'm like, I'm done with you. Oh, I did too. Tam Tam is, Tam is so awesome. And I think he needed that he moment with his dad to end up on Dragon Mount where he could finally get past and heal himself. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he's he strived so hard to be what everyone else wanted him to be. He was so worried about being manipulated and pushed in a direction he didn't want to be. And I think that's probably the biggest flaw of most of these characters. And I think it holds more strongly to most of the women personally, Mm -hmm. but that it's, I know what's best for you and you're going to do what I say, but I'm not actually going to tell you what to do. Like it was just this weird manipulation and it was driving me mad. Yeah. And I was like, well, no wonder he's angry and he's moody. If I had all of these people not knowing who you could trust, here you are the most powerful person in the world, knowing your, your destiny is basically to battle the ultimate evil and die. Yeah. But everyone is going to tell you how to do it. Yep. Like we need to be, you need to be with us so we can control you and make sure basically that you don't kill yourself yeah. before you need to die. I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder he's going to rebel against all of you. You guys are dumb. Who wants to be treated that way? It's true. So when he finally came to Dragon Mountain and destroyed his whatever Angriel thing that he had and became himself again mm-hmm. and he's he, and he was healed and he has that moment with his dad and he apologizes to his dad and he apologizes to men and actually becomes the person that you want to root for i loved that moment and his his growth right there it yeah. it was really touching yes it was touching and it was a relief because I, I didn't know how much further he oh, could go yeah. going the way that he was. Because it just as, like he was going down a battle, like he was becoming a villain in his mind. But you can't be a villain and battle a villain. Like it just, it doesn't work. And it was becoming grating as a listener going, yeah. okay, I'm, I need you to be done with this because yeah. your whiny anger is, is a little much for me. Yeah. So I think it happened at a, Good point in the book. Yes. I would have been okay if it happened a little earlier, but. It's true. Um, I will say I was kind of annoyed by the three women in his life <laughs> who like, again, they all get together and decide, oh, you're just going to be with all of us. And he's like, wait, do I have it? Like, I literally wouldn't be able to choose between the three of you, <laughs> but now we have to be together. And now you're saying that it's our turn to sleep together. Cause yeah, like, that's a lot. That's a lot <laughs> to just like put on a person. So I talked to Ryan a lot about this throughout the okay. 
the as as I was reading. And Ryan kept telling me that he marries three women. And I mean, we go into the Yael custom of sister wives and everything. And then I got to the end of the book. I'm like, he doesn't marry anyone. No, he leaves. He walks away out of the, like all of the three still know that he's there. And I'm sitting there like, well, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, so this is what I would have preferred. I would have preferred him ending up with men. I think out of everyone, he had the strongest connection with men. He spent the most time with men. And then what I think they should have done, and I'm not saying that this should have been a romantic relationship. If it was, I probably would have been fine with it. But I think they should have built the relationship between Elaine and Avienda as their sisters. Mm -hmm. I think they could have built a stronger relationship with the two of them and kind of left Rand out of it. Like other that. than those those couple of moments, like you have like the fact that Elaine gets pregnant, which I don't think is really prevalent to the story. Like right. all of a sudden she with spends that nothing, one yeah. night with him and now she's yeah. having twins and like and these things just like Avienda sees that she can have like that she's gonna have her own children with Rand and everything. Mm-hmm. And like I think that it was a weird choice. Yeah. To go, like, polygamy, obviously, like, we're in Utah. Polygamy is not we something don't. we don't know about. We right. all understand polygamy here because, um, hello, right. we're LDS, right. and it's part of our culture. But on a world scale of, like, this book, it was weird to me. I'm like... Well, it's weird the way they handled it because they didn't actually have relationships. They just had relations. Yeah, so I would have preferred a stronger relationship and storyline between Elaine and Avienda because mm-hmm. I think that was already in place. They mm-hmm. became so close being sisters. I did like the bond that they created with Rand. And I think one thing that it gave another point of view to what Rand was doing mm-hmm. when Rand wasn't there, obviously, like you always want to know. What, what are they doing over on that other side of the world? Well, we're going to go ask this character right here because they they have a connection and yeah. we're actually in the same point. So our point of view actually matches because it's a book. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was just, that was weird to me. And if they wanted to make, because they talked about, they kind of alluded to like same sex relationships in parts of this book. And I would have been completely cool if they made a stronger relationship between Elaine and Avienda. Other people, yeah. I don't know, at this time when all of this was being written, might have had a bigger issue with it. But here I am in 2020 thinking that these two women having a relationship, I think, would have been a stronger choice. Yeah. And it wouldn't even need to be a romantic relationship. Just no the sisterhood and the best friendness, like them supporting each other and taking care of each other. Yeah. Like Golden Girl style. <laughs> yes, it could have been really amazing. So we have like four minutes left, and we haven't talked about Lan or Nynaeve or or Egwene, Brain. Um, or Moraine, really, or Tom. We haven't talked about anyone, man. Who, I know. I'm so sorry. Who Greg, who, do you, who do you want to Greg, talk about? Don't get mad at us <laughs> if we go over an hour. Um. So I want to. I probably because she is one of my highest disliked characters. Mm. I did not like Egwene okay. at all. Um, she has some of my favorite moments in the book but her as an oval overarching character i think this is going to sound dumb 
but I think I feel like she has the the smallest amount of growth as a person, which is weird. Okay. She comes from like this country village to becoming the Omerlin seat. So you think, yes, she's a, she has this major growth, but I think personally she, she succeeds. But I think personally, she doesn't ever really grow up mm-hmm. because she comes from this village. She's being raised. She's being taught to become wisdom, which is all knowing, all powerful woman of her community. Mm-hmm. And she gets this mindset that she's being taught. She just knows better. Right. I don't know why she thinks she knows better, but she just knows better. And so then she leaves with Rand and Matt and Perrin and realizes she's going to be going to the White Tower. So she become Aes Sedai and she doesn't have any more education than any of these three boys do. She's in the same point in her life as they are. She's not, I mean, she's in fact, she's even younger than all of them, mm-hmm. but she still knows better. You need to listen to me because I know better. Yeah. And then even towards the end, she's now Omerlin C, all powerful. She has learned so many things. And still she meets with Rand. And this is even after Rand has, he has changed. He's gone through that whole dragon mount thing. And he comes to her as a kindness. And she still has this attitude of, you need to listen to me because I know better. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, why do you know better? Why? What yeah. about you being an Aes Sedai makes you think that you know better? And that attitude she takes through the entire book drives me mad. Maybe, I mean, because most of the Aes Sedai have this attitude that I know better, like Cat Swain. Right. Oh, right. Blech. These are my sound effects for Cat Swain. This is how <laughs> I feel about the woman. She is terrible. I'm not going to tell you anything because I know better and you just need to trust me. Well, you haven't given me any reason to trust you. So why should I listen to you kind of thing? And so all, I mean, Moraine for the longest time has that same attitude. I'm Aes Sedai. I know better. Well, these other Aes Sedai have lived who knows how many years. Mm -hmm. So I'll at least give them that they have some basis for their experience, their life experiences that might have taught them. Yes, they do know better. And I probably should listen to them. They're going about it the wrong way, but I probably should listen to them. But Egwene doesn't have any of that. No. It's she's just this. not humble at all. It's the status that all of a sudden she feels like she has. And it, ugh, it drives me mad. And I did not like her. I but think I will, I will say she has my all-time favorite moment of the entire series. And after I listened to it, I came out to Ryan and I had to rave about it because it is brilliantly written and it is fantastic. And it is the moment that she confronts Elida in front of all of the other um, Aes Sedai's in Elida's office, sitting room or whatever, mm-hmm. when Egwene has been asked to serve them. And she calls Elida out on all of her crap and everything. And I'm like, this this is brilliant writing. This is the strong female character. I want her to be. She has it in her. But her humility is non-existent. And I don't think that you could be as... She was never going to be the strong leader she needs to be without that humility. And I even think she sacrifices herself before she learns it. Which made me sad. 
I was sad to see her die because I feel like she never reached her potential. Mm -hmm. I So when she ended up dying, I was like, that was probably one of the most disappointing deaths. Not that what she did and her create like her figuring out this weave to counteract Balefire and everything, like it was brilliant. But I was sad that she died because I think she had so much more potential to become that true hero that she was written to be. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm fair. Only, let me tell you my opinion because right. I, I do. You know. I have an opinion on her. So it's, it's so funny thinking in that way because we just talked about Rand and then we talked about Egwene and how the two of them were at the beginning. They thought they were going to get married. They were betrothed. And I just think of the two of them together and I'm just like, man, they would have been so unhappy. <laughs> oh, I'm really glad they left the two rivers before that ever happened. Yeah, I think Rand would have just been handpecked. Yeah, yeah, he would have. But and it's interesting because there are it's, so many of these the women have that same law and i kept telling ryan about this as we were talking about the women is that i think that they were given these stereotypical flaws of women mm -hmm. like that i know better i think i know plenty of women that think men are dumb and men can't survive without us and i don't think that's true i think women are strong and capable but i think men are too well and, and it's oh i'm sorry no I, you're fine I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that you say that, that like women can be so much more because I think, I don't know, but I think when he was writing this, Robert Jordan was just like, I'm going to make these matriarchal societies. These women are going to be really strong. And he didn't realize like how, I don't know if he knew how off-putting these women would even be to other women. They they are like, kind I don't of, want you to be in charge. Get away, Nynaeve. I can't get out. They're yeah, they're kind of offensive because yeah. I do. I see these these stereotypical flaws of mm -hmm. women, not these strong, powerful women that are making strong decisions. And I think they are. They are strong women. Obviously, they are very strong personalities, or else they wouldn't be in the position they are. Like Nynaeve through the entire thing, her braid tugging, like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what woman would actually do that, but whatever. I mean, yeah. But just the fact that, again, she has this idea of, I know better than you. Yeah. And once you get a little bit more of her backstory towards the end, when you hear about her becoming wisdom at such a young age and the attitude she had to take for people to take her seriously, mm -hmm. at least with her, I felt like I was getting some growth and some understanding and then her relationship with Lan as she falls in love with Lan who is this like whoever saw that coming I'm like no I did not that, that was weird really then, the two yeah. of them are you sure that's the direction we want to go oh, okay that's sure and then I loved the two of them and I loved what yeah. she did for for Lan as she goes from using gateways and goes from place to place and says hey the king is going to be needing you and you need to go follow him mm -hmm. after he decides he needs to go and battle for his family lands or whatever it is that he feels he needed to do. And I loved that she she did that out of the out of pure love for for her husband and that moment where she can finally get his bond from whatever the other Aes Sedai's name yeah. was. And the Aes Sedai was like, 
I'm busy because she has a man in the room or who she has someone in the room. And Nynaeve basically threatens her with her life. Like Nynaeve, Nynaeve is what I wanted Egwene to have. She has growth and she has learning and she has understanding of the attitude she had. I mean, she's still really stubborn. Yeah. And really demanding. But I think she also learns how to humble herself. And I never felt that way with Egwene, that Egwene learned of her faults and at least was trying to overcome them. Whether Nynaeve ever, you feel like she actually overcomes her faults, she at least understands them Mm -hmm. and that she needs to work on them. Yeah. Which... It's, it's always nice to have that in a character because you do want to root for them a little bit more where you're like, okay, see, you're seeing yourself as you truly are. Yeah. And you're realizing, hey, I have good qualities and I have qualities that I probably should work on. And, you know, it's it's nice to see that in a book character, especially in a series this large. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you, want, I you want some definite growth there. I do. Let's see. You are so out of time. I know. Moraine, you have anything really to say about Moraine? Just that I'm glad that she wasn't really gone. But also, I thought it was cool that she was gone for as long as she was. Because again, like when they went back to go get her and find her, it felt earned. It wasn't like she died and two minutes later they were like, oh, actually, she's not dead. And it's fine. I was kind of surprised when it turned out she was still alive. But I... Also, that was another thing that was spoiled for me that she and Tom got together. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't see that right. one coming. That, that's another. There's it so many so weird random. relationships in this So line. random. Really? Like, you didn't give me any of that. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, he has this letter. And I'm like, okay, they're either in love with each other, which I think is strange. Mm-hmm. Or, like, he's, like, her grandson or something. Like, yeah. he's, he's a relative of hers that that they now have this connection and then they ended up in love. I'm like, okay. Right. And sure. I, a part I'm of why Tom I thought it was happy. <laughs> well, and part of why I thought it was so odd is I don't necessarily need all of the characters to pair off at the end of a series or a novel. Like it's okay if some people are single at the end or, you know, there's like a hint of, Oh, maybe something could happen, but to like literally pair them all off. It all and they very- did. But again, everyone is paired off. But again, they're surrounded by the Taviran, and these are the kinds of things that happen, I guess. Oh, and I have to keep reminding myself of that, where some ridiculous thing would happen. I'm like, but the Taviran, so I guess <laughs> it makes sense. That's like the excuse they used. I don't know why yeah. this is happening, but the Taviran are around, so I guess that like yeah. that's why. That's All why, because it needs to happen. Yeah, literally this everybody in this happen. town got married because Rand was there. <laughs> okay. Let's see. <laughs> Um, there's Avienda. I liked Avienda. That's I did too. I don't really have any strong feelings. Like I liked her. Yeah. Trying to think, like I don't know. Like honestly, so though, the first lot. thing you say, you say the name Avienda, and I just think of an igloo. Like that's all. That's my my thought with her. I heard about that scene. Like, um, Ryan had actually told me about that scene between um, Rand and Avienda and the <laughs> igloo. Like and so as soon as she ran into the snow, I'm like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Here comes the igloo scene. So I, it made me it made me laugh that I was like, okay, well, that that was odd. I just like that it was kind of the book equivalent of you know two people fighting and then they're kissing, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, that kind of came out of nowhere. But all right, I will go with it. <laughs> all right, 
so I don't have anything. I don't have any strong emotions towards Avienda. I don't think I have anything really like to say about her. Yeah. That makes me sad. I know. I kind of feel sad that I don't have more to say about well, her. Well, we've sort of talked about her in reference to Min we, and Elaine. We haven't really talked about Elaine either. And Elaine was another one that drove me nuts because mm -hmm. she's like, I'm the princess and you have to listen to me. <laughs> and then but you got also, my I'm niece. So dreamy like, in love no. with this man. Yeah. Yeah. She was really flighty. She's like, I'm in love with Red, but I'm going to flirt with all of the other men on my way around to get to him. But it turns out I'm also a pretty good tactician. Who knew? Yeah, and then she gets yeah. put in charge of like the entire battle. Yeah. I'm like, that was okay. Sure. Kind of weird. Also kind of cool and progressive that she was in the middle of the battle when she was some months pregnant. Yeah. Like, all right. I can't think like, would I want to do that when I was that pregnant? Nope. Yeah, and you only had one baby. I know. I have two. Yeah. So. Nope. Still wouldn't want to do it, but <laughs> good for her. Good being yes. leader. Um, let's see. Anyone else? Big characters. We feel like we need to talk about. There were so many fantastic side characters. I know. We need way more time. I know. I should have just told Craig, just plan on two hours for our conversation. <laughs> I mean, we could stop this and record another one. I don't know. It's almost 11. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> But I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I feel like. If there's more that you want us to talk about, feel free to like, both me and Megan are on Discord. We're on Reddit. If you're like, what do you feel about this character? What did you think about this? And if we get enough questions, we'll be like, we'll just record another episode. Yeah. And that would also give us some time to research their names and find yeah, out so who exactly the specifics are. So we're not like, oh, yeah, remember that one character? We don't know what their name is. Because there is, there's so many, there's so many fantastic side characters. Like we didn't talk about any of the the wayfind, like, wayfinders, windfinders. Oh yeah, seafarers. I don't remember. Yeah, them. Um, we really haven't talked about like the the wise ones in the Isle. Like there are a lot more eyes that I. So much stuff like Varen, Varen's moment when that's the other thing with the Gwen when Varen reveals herself as being a Black Aja. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, actually, I'm not a black Aja. I'm really a brown, but to save my life, I had to become a black Aja. And to get around my oaths, um, I poisoned myself. So I'm actually yeah. dying so I can tell you all of this. Like, that um, revelation to me was huge. Yeah. Um, we haven't taught, like, the battle, that last battle with the four um, great leaders. And then you find out that they're all being manipulated into throwing the their own wars i was so saddened and disheartened by that i'm no. like you put these four great men and then of course you could see what it did to these men to find out that they were being manipulated thinking that they were making the right choices and weren't and i feel like like that was disheartening that was so sad like so many things that we have not touched on at all like pot on fane and everything that he did, crazy son of yeah. a... <laughs> 14 books, a thousand pages a piece. There's a lot. So if you have more, or if you want us to record more, if you want to know more of our thoughts, let us know. Be and Megan don't have a problem talking more <laughs> about this book. These books, not even a book, it's these books. Because like we said, yeah. this is 
a lot. Craig's probably mad that we've gone 10 minutes over, but he can. Sorry, Craig. Um, but <laughs> we loved these books. We've enjoyed talking to you. Um, if you want to keep listening to us, support us on Patreon, The Legendarium. I don't know all of the spiel that we're supposed to say, but support us because I think we have fun <laughs> talking to each other about these books. We have fun interacting with our listeners through Discord and on Reddit and any other ways that we can. That's how I interact. I don't know if there are other ways we interact, but um, anyway, yeah. So we'll see you later. We'll talk to you later. We have other stuff coming up. I know I have another half of the expanse to record with the blue team. Yeah, eventually the I'll be recording a Dresden files with the blue team. I don't know what the red team is doing right now. I don't know what the red team has coming up either. I don't even know if the red team knows what the red team has coming Good up. Point. But we have we're kind of in that new we've all just finished these big projects and we're all moving into new series. So keep listening because it's going to be exciting and entertaining and something different. So we'll talk to you later. I'm tugging my braid and goodbye. <laughs>